Good morning, everybody. How you doing today? Welcome to the Monday version of the show. Hopefully we can get your week started out right, get things going down the right path. Let me uh, switch my screens up here. Welcome to Break the Cycle with DSD. I am your host. I'm not a therapist nor an attorney. I'm an individual much like you who has been through a rough experience, had to develop some tips and techniques along the way that I share with you to hopefully help you get your life back. Get things back on track, and if you have kids, repair, rebuild, strengthen the relationship with them, and just minimize the damage that a toxic ex can do. Remember, only a licensed professional can diagnose somebody with with a personality disorder, so just be careful throwing around terms because it can ultimately hurt you and hurt your own credibility, and as I often say... The one thing that we really have going for us is our credibility, and we don't want to just give that away. So be careful how you communicate things. Obviously, learn about personality disorders, understand what it uh, looks like, and the techniques to deal with that. But you don't need to go around telling everybody that you have figured out what your ex is. If you like what's going on here and you want to support, please subscribe and ring the bell notification. But you can go a step further and become a channel member which gives you special badges, custom emojis, your name, listening credits, and access to member-only events. And there is one coming up on, so crud, I think it's Saturday. I'll have to check the dates and times. Uh, I'll be posting more about that in the uh, community tab. So keep an eye out for that. If you want to get a text notification when the show goes live, you can text DSD Live to 844-598-0012. 844-598-0012. That will put you on the list for the text notification with where you'll get a link. And if you want to call into, t- into today's show, you can do that di- by dialing 1424-373-5483, 1424-DSD-LIVE. And for people outside of the United States, or if you don't want to use your phone, uh, there's a web interface and the link is listed in the link below. Uh, I think that's fixed, but maybe it's not. We'll have to double check. So on that, hopefully you guys are doing outstanding today. I'm uh, I'm doing all right. I'm a little, uh, little still trying to wake up. Got my coffee. Uh, messed up and didn't uh, completely come up with a topic today, so we'll have to roll with that, which I think will be okay. I'm trying to redesign my process for how I set things up. And uh, hopefully that will get, <laughs> hopefully as time goes on, that'll get better. Uh-oh, I had the wrong the wrong screen up here. Let me get this back on track. Anyways, oh, I like what John says here. He says, you know, you are starting to recover when you can joke about it at least once in a while. That is true. You know, and it's funny you say that because I remember a friend of mine used to tell me, that the stuff that his ex was doing was actually kind of funny. And when he would tell me what it was, I'm like, that's not funny. Uh, what's going on? And I would just be like, that's, that's not funny that how, you know, that's absolutely not funny. I'm like, this will never be funny. It's kind of the way, uh, I was looking at it, but I can see now with time, that there was a lot of truth to what he was saying. So the only thing I would I would say on that is if you're not there yet, if you're at the point where you're thinking, no, I can't, I can't laugh at any of this. This isn't funny. This is a this isn't entertaining or anything like that. Give yourself some time. I was there with you on that. I did not think that this would ever be. I didn't never, I never believed that I would be where I am emotionally today. To be honest, when I started this channel four years ago, I was at a certain place and I thought that was the best it was going to get. And it was pretty good in my mind. And, you know, four years later, I'm in a position that is just tremendously better than emotionally. Now, if we talk about other issues, <laughs> finances and and retirement and, you know, future uh, stability. Eh, maybe, maybe I'm not doing so great in those areas, but emotionally I'm doing pretty good. 
And, and really the key on that, for me at least, is you have to get to the point where you just say, okay, I can continue to be angry and mad and bitter at the injustice of this all, of how this is all played out. And we, every one of you has every right to feel angry and bitter. But the reality is, it's not getting you anywhere. It wasn't getting me, was not getting me anywhere. It was keeping me stuck and attached to the X, attached to what was going on. It was keeping me thinking and ruminating about everything that had happened. It's like I have coffee all over my hands. And I just had to one day get up and say, okay. I can choose to continue to think and feel this way. And if I do, and I have every right to feel all those emotions, and I do, and I did, I could see the path it was taking me, and I understood that it would systematically destroy any chance for any happiness that I would ever have in my life. And in that moment, I had the realization or or the epiphany that, in effect, that would mean that I would, would basically be letting the ex win forever. A lot of people say, what's the, I'm trying to think what that, uh, that comment is that a lot of people say it's a, you know, revenge is, is living a good life and showing them that they don't mean anything to you and all, and all those things. And there's truth in that. But when you're doing it to hurt the other person or to prove the other person wrong, you're still connected to them. The trick is, the trick, the reality, the trick is, I'll just go back to trick. The trick is when you release that, And you're like, look, I'm going to have a good life in spite of this other person. And I don't care if they're jealous of me. I don't care if they're not jealous of me. I don't care if they go along and crash and burn. I don't care. Hey, maybe it might be gift with purchase, but in the end of the day, it doesn't matter. And if they go on and have a great life, you don't care. You have to detach from that person and that is really the one of the one of the first key steps of getting your life back of minimizing their hold on your life now i understand that somebody who's dealing in the beginning parts of this and you're like well Dwayne you don't understand i haven't seen my kids in in 6 months you know i'm living in my car And those situations are true and they're painful in the moment. And again, it gets to the point where you can choose to go down the pit of hell or you can change. I have a friend of mine who I actually met through this channel. He doesn't really watch anymore because he doesn't need it. But this, that's pretty much what happened to him. He got blindsided by the, the, the destruction of his relationship, lost everything, was homeless, was living in his car. Everything was going to crap. Now, you know, a few years later, he's just sold his house that he had bought after the divorce, buying another house, has a good job, is a key, you know, is a key person in his kids' lives. And things tend to turn around. Now, had he decided to just stay in that angry and bitter mode, there's a good possibility that he could probably still be living in his car and not, you know, not being in his kids' lives. And it's just a lot of it has to, has to depend on how we decide to go forward. None of this is easy. And a lot of times we're, we're fighting against ourselves to figure out the best way to go forward. 
This was hard for me. I'll tell you, I, you know, I grew up with my watching my dad be an angry, bitter person. Watch how it corrupted a majority of, or a lot of his life. I saw it. When I was going through my situation, I'm like, I don't want to be that person. Even though I knew, I, I, even though I could see where the, the path I was going, I couldn't stop myself. I couldn't just say, wait, you know, I couldn't just get up one day and say, okay, I married a bad, you know, I married a, a person that wasn't so great. Person that's really run me through the ringer for 20 years and has just destroyed every part, aspect of my life and my future. It was incredibly difficult for me to make peace with all of that. It's going to be incredibly difficult for you to make peace with all of that. Give yourself the time to do it. What I, my hope is that you can look at my story or listen to what I just said and say, okay, I believe that this guy that's talking right now was where I am today, and I see that he's been able to get to the other path, and that means I can get there as well. Anyways, so I guess that'll, that'll wrap up that rant. Let's see, I'm going to look through the comments here real quick. Brian says, I use a body cam to record interactions with the X. It is bulky, though. Any recommendations on more subtle video recording tech to be in front of a small child? One, I just want to say, make sure that the area you're in that it's legal to do. Just you don't you don't want to get yourself into any extra problems. The next part about that is I would look for surveillance type stuff. You know, I mean if you if you want to record but you want it to be kind of subtle, it depends on what you're trying to do, right? If you're trying to like be uh uh what's the word I'm looking for? If you're if you want the other person to know that you're recording, then your phone is probably a good idea or a GoPro or something like that. But you're right. Those are all very obvious of what you're doing. If you're going to be doing it more stealth, stealthily, hmm, then just look for, you know, little pin cameras and stuff like that. Again, just be very cautious that if you're doing that, that you legally can do it. Because the last thing you want is to get caught doing something that potentially could be a felony in your state or your area, depending on where you're at. And then you're dealing with that. So just be careful. Let's see. Uh, I don't I have no idea what that means. So I'm not going to pull that up. Um, <clears throat> Chaco says, I'm focusing on my kids and my time with them. Obviously the ex always uses the kids to get to me. They are absolutely going to, uh, to do that. You, you guys all need to prepare yourself for that. I, anyone who's been on the channel for a while, this is going to be old. You know, I mean, you're already going to know this, but for anybody who happens to be new and hasn't heard this come up, the reality is, is whenever you start to set up boundaries with your ex to where they're not able to get to you the way they used to, they're not able to take their bony little finger and go boop right in your eye, they inevitably change up their tactics to different things. Typically, that means they'll ramp up all the direct stuff once that isn't working are not getting the desired result, then they inevitably switch to the kids. Then they start basically trying to triangulate through the children. So unfortunately, unfortunately, that's what happens. It's, you know, expect it, prepare yourself for it so it doesn't freak you out. It completely caught me off guard. I was like, oh my God, how in the world? You know, I remember way back when, when it's like, okay, I got to set up good boundaries. So I set up good boundaries with the ex. I'm like, oh, you know, her, her spears are being thrown and they're just bouncing off. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. 
I can't believe this. This is, this is outstanding. And then shortly afterwards, it pivoted and the kids were just getting hammered. And I'm just like, oh my God. And I took the bait on it. The first time that happened, I'm like, how, how dare you? How dare you do that? You know, big, long email, all the information to say why that was horrible thing to do. Accomplished nothing. No, actually, no, let me back up. It accomplished nothing for me. It absolutely accomplished something for her because she got the reaction. I, re- I reacted to the situation, which is what they want, which is really frustrating. Remember, that's what they mainly go for. They, they're going for the reactions. Let's see here. Oh, I love this. John, I, I clicked. Sorry about that. Says, you hear the saying all the time, quote, the best revenge to the ex is to let them see you living a great life. But John says, I disagree. The best revenge is not thinking about revenge and just living your life. That right there, that John, you have it. That is the, that is the secret. You do that and they, their ability to touch and get to you almost just goes away. Not completely. You know, they're always going to try. But that right there, I love that. Thank you for posting that. I, I, I appreciate that. Let's see. I Tumblers, it said, uh, for your pro se listeners, I can't even pronounce that name, your state, divorce, alimony and child custody, this will help you understand the state laws for family court. I don't know if that made any sense because I'm actually kind of confused on it. But GA says 24 months without daughter. I think the long-term I think the long-term battle will be in my favor. Short-term, do miss her. I've made peace though, focus on myself now. Guys, that's exactly what you have to do. You know, it, it, they're going to try to use that time to sever your relationship and break your resolve, break your perseverance, get you to give up and agree to something because you're so devastated by this that you're like, well, I don't, I won't wait and fight for what's what I think is a better scenario. I'm just going to give up. And guys, I'll tell you the second that you, agree to something and you, it goes on paper and you, the judge stamps it. It makes it so much harder if you go back later and go, Oh, wait a minute, this isn't working. This is uh, you know, the X is, is toxic and you're, you're hosed because it's like, well, they're going to try to spin it that, that it's money. You're only, you know, you're only trying to change it because of money. There's no real change of circumstances. This has been working, you know, and all that stuff. And then you're behind the power curve. Your best bet is to fight the fight and uh, try to get the best outcome for you. Now, to be fair, if you made, like in this situation, if GA made the, made peace with it and he's like, you know what? It, it is what it is. I'm good. If you decide you're good with every other weekend or our standard visitation or whatever the heck it is, and you make that decision and you're like, you know what? I've made peace. I'm focusing on my own life. This is a way I can still be, you know, if you make the, what am I trying to say? If, I, if you ultimately decide to make the decision to compromise and it's the right decision for you and you're doing it for the right reasons, you're good to go. But don't do it out of fear and panic. The difference on that is, is if you're at that mode where you're making a compromise decision, but if you're like, okay, I'm piecing everything together and this is the best decision for me and my kid, well, that's a different story. I don't know if I even needed to say that. I just wanted to throw it out there because I, I, the reason I say that is you can we get you often get to the situation to where you second guess everything, and maybe your gut's telling you to do something, but you've been through the ringer so much that you just don't that you don't uh, well you don't trust yourself anymore. So maybe you're thinking like, okay, this is the decision, but everyone's telling me I shouldn't do it. At the end of the day, you have to do what's right for you. 
And as long as that decision is right for you, and five years from now, you'll be okay with that decision, then you're good to go. Looks like I have a caller, so I'm going to try to go to that, area code 509. Hello, and welcome to the show. Hey, buddy. How you doing, Dwayne? Good. How you doing today? Nah, I'm doing okay, man. I'm doing okay. It's been a little rough, but uh, no, man, I just wanted to thank you for your show. and just wanted to touch base on something that you just said. Um, you know, I, I did get a court order that's finally stand by a judge. I'm still feeling hosed, and it sounds like modification sounds like it's a little bit harder to do. But um, no, man, it's just been tough because now I have a two-year-old boy that I've been fighting for, and the ex just basically wants me out of the picture. But, you know, I've been fighting for the last 18 months, and COVID put a six-month hold on court. So yeah, we finally went to court a couple weeks ago. I, you know, I'm getting an overnight every week plus a second one every other week and my son's going to turn three here in february but i'm not allowed two overnights until june of next year so i guess and you know and the toughest part is that uh i mean just yesterday morning i found out that uh my ex has already moved on and already got a new boyfriend and took him to a program that i've got our kid involved in and this is her first time taking him and she shows up with her new boyfriend and just, now I mean, it's been tough. Like what's, you know, what's modification looking like? You know, how can I go back to court and get more time and ask for more time? You know, it makes it sound like modification is tough to do, but how tough is it, Wayne? Well, I mean, it depends on what the reasons are and, and why it was set up. Now, if your initial thing was set up because your child's really young and a lot of places will be that that's why it's really tough whenever you have a kid that's not in school because yeah you know i mean typically the kids with a mom you stay at home mom that whole story i don't know if that's what your situation is um so it makes it more complicated because if you go in and you're like well i want to you know i want to be able to see my kid too but i work and i'm going to have to put him in daycare then it, it's a harder argument doesn't mean you can't do it i mean there's been people in uh uh i think the last gentleman that called in is in California and he was able to get 50, 50 custody with like a one or two year old, which is, I, which is kind of surprising. It's not necessarily impossible. Wow, it's just, it's just tougher. I, one, one aspect of it that, that is to your advantage is the change of circumstances is as your child gets older, you can say, well, that's the change. Well, now they're in school or before they were, they were constantly, or, you know, mom was a stay at home mom, wasn't working, but now the kid's in daycare, that type of thing. So it depends on what the nuances are. I mean, your best bet, honest, uh, obviously, would be to discuss it with an attorney who is familiar with your area and the judges and understand what they, how they normally look at things and then make a decision based on that. I mean, if you're just, see, the problem is if you went right now, if you, if you looked at it and you said, okay, I'm going to go back now for a modification, it is absolutely going to look like you've seen that she's moved on, she's with a new guy, and it's bothering you, and the only way to punish her is to try to take the kid for more time. If you walk into court where that is the perception or that's the way they think, you're not going to do very well. Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, yeah, that's understandable. But I guess I'm just trying to figure out. No, no, our child is in daycare, and... You know, the crazy thing is, is one of my overnights, for example, um, I'll, I'll get them on a Monday and then I'll, the court order stipulated that I take them to daycare for three hours so they have some sort of curriculum that they feel is more important than bonding time with the father. Now, that was part of the court order, too. So I, that, that's, that's something that I didn't agree with. And that's what, I mean, I have a completely day off, but I'm still required to take them to daycare, which makes no sense to me because I'm a willing and fit father, has the day off, I can spend the entire day with the kid and it just that, that was difficult to swallow, the fact that I had to take him to daycare for three hours and then return. And then I can pick him up at, later in the day, and then, but I still have to return him to mom. And so that was the other thing that I was going to talk to you guys about. Like, how is it that I, I was stipulated taking the daycare on a, on a day that I could have a full day with him? And so those, those are small things that I wanted to go back and modify with this. And the, the judge that I have retires at the end of the year, so I thought maybe I'd have a better shot in front of a different judge. But I mean, it's just so new, so fresh. So I didn't know how, what the obstacles I was going to have to face and what kind of evidence I needed to provide to show a change of circumstance. 
enough for me to get him more time. Well, if you wanted to go back and say, hey, look, the court order says I have to take him to daycare, but that's my day off. Uh, I want to spend, you know, I want to get it modified to say that I can spend uh, spend that entire time with him. Then, I mean, you can, here, here's the reality, right? Whatever you decide to fight, you have to be prepared to lose. And what I mean, and the reason I say that is because if you go in and you're, you swing for the fences and they knock everything down and it destroys you emotionally, then it's not worth the, it's not worth the risk. If you can go in and fight it. And if they say no, you know I mean? And they could be thinking, all right, well, what we're doing here is we're establishing that dad can get the kid to a place on time and follow it, you know, follow it. So obviously when it rolls into school, that that would, that would make sense. I mean, you don't under, you don't necessarily know what they're trying to do. I understand how you feel because I'd feel the same way. It's like, wait a minute, you know, I'm limited on time. I only get them for a few hours and mo- you know, 50 to 75% of the time I, I have my child is I have to drop them off with someone else and I can't hang out there. Well, that's a problem. I mean, it feels like a problem. So I understand where you're at. It's just, you know, the problem is, is whenever we agree to things and we, and we, you know, sign it and stamp it, that's the letter of the law. And when you start modifying, yeah. you, I mean, well, one, now if you have a, an ex that you can negotiate with or whatever, and they're like, oh yeah, that's not a problem. And that you can trust. That's one thing. Whenever you're dealing with somebody that you can't, even if, see, what I'm saying on this is, is that even if you were able to talk to your ex and they're like, oh yeah, that's no problem. I don't, you know, well, I don't care. You know, that, of course, of course you should be able to spend time with little Johnny. And then later they just, they take you back to court for something. And the first thing they're going to say is, well, he can't even follow a court order. He can't even do something as simple as drop the kid off for daycare for three hours. You know what I'm saying? You just have to be really careful because if you can't yeah. trust somebody, they will use everything against you. And yeah, and that's where I'm at. I mean, my ex, she's fighting tooth and nail to limit my time. And, and you know, that's the hard part for me to follow, too. You know, like the other day, she showed up to this uh, program, and first time she shows up, you know, all, all the parents and family and the kids know me because I've been taking them consistently. And then the first time she shows up, everyone's probably thinking, who the hell is this lady? And then who the hell is this guy? Yeah. And what bothered me the most, too, is, you know, she's restricting my time, but yet this this new boyfriend has unlimited, unrestricted time with my boy. And I'm thinking, what the hell? I'm the biological father here. Why shouldn't I have this time? Because unfortunately, I know, dude. And, and the problem is, is that, and this is where the black hole thinking video, which I don't know if you've seen that, that I talk about, is that whenever the, whatever it is, 80, 20, you know, 10, 8, you know, 90, 10, whatever the timeshare is, Whenever you, well, for the most part, whenever you have the kid, you can do whatever the hell you want, unless it's written in court that you have to do certain things like in your situation. But at the same time, she can do whatever she wants. If she wants to bring a new guy over every freaking week, she can do it. Not a damn thing you can do about it. And sitting there and getting irritated about it isn't going to help you. Now, as I was talking about earlier in the the start of the show, you're absolutely right in the way you feel. I'm not saying that, that that anger and that frustration and that bitterness is not, is not legitimate. It absolutely is. But at the same time, it's not going to accomplish anything for you. Right. I mean, if you're sitting there going, this son, this guy who I don't know is now spending more time with my kid than I get to spend with my, you're right. And to feel that way. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm cautious to even say that because I'm sure as I'm saying that it's probably irritating you, but I mean, it's, it's, the reality that we get stuck in on this, you know, I mean, if, if do you have an attorney or you pro se? I have an attorney. I would double check with them and say, Hey, look, you know, I'm wanting, how can I get a little bit more time or how can I start to get more fair time and see what their, their course of action is. You know, I mean, and the sad part is if they turn around, they say, Hey man, you know, I, I told you that, you know, you're, you're, this is your, this is all you would have gotten if we would have went to trial. So you settled on it. And I mean, maybe they'll say that. I don't know. The The problem is, is that oftentimes attorneys, they, they you know, they, they look for the path of least resistance. And sometimes I think they throw things out there saying, Hey, what do you think? You know, this is the deal. This is probably a pretty good deal. And if you go, okay, then they're like, oh, all right, cool. The client agrees, stamp done. You know, here's the final check. Be done with it. Uh, You have to really question things sometimes. So, 
I mean, yeah. how long ago did you agree to this court order? Um, it was about like two and a half weeks ago. Oh my God. So you just signed it? I mean, it's just, is it temporary or is it permanent? I believe it's permanent, you know, and, and here's, here's, here's the sad part. Well, I was supposed to be in trial back in March. COVID hit and we had a reset. We didn't have a date until October. And now we went to, we went to court. And the weird thing is, is it was supposed to be a trial. The judge did not want to hear a lick of evidence on either side. Basically, he took both attorneys into the chambers and like basically forced them to settle on the deal. And it was the weird thing was is the the attorneys were just running back and forth between the chambers and the clients, chambers and the clients. And then after six hours of that, I mean that's what the court order. I mean that's where we're at. And but I kind of want to go. But this judge retires at the end of the year, and I wanted to go back and get in front of a new judge and be like, hey, this, I did not get a fair trial. He did not listen to any evidence. No, I had all the evidence that I needed to show. I mean, I got video of my of my little boy like crying when it's time to leave, and he does not want to leave. And it just that's why I'm like real bothered and real hurt because this guy just didn't didn't want to listen to anything. Um, the the problem is going to be, let me just cut you off right there. The problem will be the way, and I'm not an attorney, right? So this is my understanding. So you'll have to double check for you to say that and go back in. The first thing that judge is going to say is, were you represented? You'll say, yes. And it's like, did you know, you, you had legal counsel and you agreed to this, you know, I mean, if, even if your brow beat into something, if you sign it and you say, okay, I agree to this this is the agreement it's you're setting your it's it makes it a lot more complicated because now you know now going because going in and saying that is not I don't think that's I mean double check with your attorney uh, and and since basically it would sh- uh, show badly on them that they didn't advise you appropriately or communicate the risk appropriately I doubt he's going to be super on board in doing that but you need to just double check what your options are. But uh, that's where, see, that's the problem. That's where people get into, into trouble whenever you have an agreement and you go back to try to change it because it's like, well, why are you trying to change this? You guys agreed to this. Well, you know, well, because of this and that, right? I mean, and it's, it's you know, what you would almost need is to say, hey, look, there's things in the court order that the ex isn't following. They're supposed to share information. They're not doing it. So I want to, you know, there's a content, you know, you're, you're going back for contempt. To go back and say that you were browbeat into making an agreement without a trial is risky. Not yeah. to not to say that you can't, but you need to understand that if you do that, that it's you you got to it, it's a now you have to argue why you're going to try to change things. Again, I'm not an attorney, so it's not this isn't my area of expertise. Uh my thing is the emotional side of it, which goes back to what I was just talking about, is you have to decide if you open Pandora's box on this and try what you're talking about and you completely get shut down, are you, gonna, are you emotionally going to be better off than if you don't do anything? And sometimes, and sometimes going, you know, swinging for the fences, so to speak, and coming up short is better than sitting there questioning if you should have ever, if, if you should have done it. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So you, you and that's exactly what I've been contemplating. Right. You're exactly, you're exactly right. Is it worth the fight or do I stand on the sidelines and regret not fighting? Right. But don't do anything. Don't and rush that's, in. That's, that's, don't rush into it. Uh, because you know, you need to really think this through. It's so easy to get emotionally wrapped into it and react to it emotionally as opposed to thinking, uh, thinking yeah. of it strategically and what you, I mean, what the best course of action is. Does that make sense? Right. No. And I, yeah, putting emotion aside, you know, right. it's, it's just, I think the crap part is it's, it's tough because I don't think I'll be happy until I get 50, 50. Right. You know, and the fact that I, like we were forced, I, I feel like I got doing a lot of force to settle and she still walked away with a lot of control and power. Now, let me yep. ask you this though. You know, um, you've talked to a lot of people, you're familiar with the, with family law and situations with other parents. Um, 
Let me ask you this. The, the boy is young, and my visitation consists of one overnight a week. So I pick him up at uh, 8.30 in the morning and return him the next day at 6.30 p.m. Okay. And then I get a third point of contact later in the week for about three and a half hours. Knowing that, that's my visitation. How fair is that? Am I, am I getting the proper, am I getting enough visitation how, or or am I being, just feeling like, am I feeling victimized or is that well, actually the, the pro- okay. amount of the, the problem is, is the age. That, and that's probably the way you were hosed on this. And I don't know what state you're in and, and how they lean towards it. But, but that creates more of a problem when you're talking about a young kid. You know, standard would be the 80-20, which is every other weekend, right? Where every other weekend you would have your, your kid. And, but the problem is at three years old, I don't know what your age is. You know, I mean, I mean if this is your first kid, say again. He's two years old and it is my first kid. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's what I'm saying. And my point was, is that, you know, you, let's say you're in your early twenties. It's your first kid as opposed to your, you, you've had five other kids or let's say, you know, you run your own daycare. I mean, you have a tremendous amount of experience in childhood development and know how to take care. You know what I mean? You know, it's, it's not the, it's not apples to apples. So a lot of times they will be able to use that against you for that to say, well, how are you going to be able to take care of a, of a, of a two-year-old? Um, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of, you know, is the ex breastfeeding, you know, all those type of things. So it just, it creates a, a, a whole nother layer of complexes, uh, complexes. Gosh, darn, I can't say that word today. Whole nother layer of problems. I'll say it that way. <laughs> Complexity is what I was trying to okay. say. Anyways. So, I mean, do, is it fair? No, it's not fair. No, it's not. You know, I mean, I, you're right to feel irritated by it. But, I mean, the, the flip side to it is, is in your area and your jurisdiction and, and your area of family court, what do they lean toward? I mean, is there a precedence where a, a late 20s or something gets 50-50 custody of a, of a two-year-old? If the answer is yes, then absolutely you got hose. If the answer is at, you know, that, that, I mean, maybe on the flip side, maybe it's that, uh, you get no overnights because they're scared of how you would be able to deal with, with a two-year-old. So, I mean, it, it just, it really depends on the area. I mean, what would have been better is if you would have had an, uh, an agreement that said, okay, fine, we're going to deal with this. And then when the kid starts kindergarten, we switch it to more time, you know, have something in there for more time, as opposed to having to go back to, to modify a court order? Well, what I got was an overnight once a week, a second overnight every other week, and then in June I go back and get two overnights a week. You know, I, I don't know why June was picked. I really don't. I don't know why. My, my son's going to turn three here in, in the next few months. Dude, it's probably and because so you're – normally what happens is in these type of situations, the ex – likes to think that they have control. So if they go, well, we're doing this on a trial basis. And then in June, if you don't, you know, do something horrible, then you get more. I mean, whenever, whenever we, whenever in my situation, when the custody evaluation came back and said 50, 50, the ex, the way they were trying to spin it is, oh, well on a trial basis, we're going to try 50, 50. I'm like, hell what? No, you know, it kind of irritated me, but just remember, that's the type of mentality you're dealing with, especially if it's somebody who's toxic, you know, they're going to be like, well, I mean, for the safety of my, of my child, uh, Billy only gets one overnight. And then w- once he proves he can do that until, you know, by June of next year, then it'll be more, you know, it's, it's, it's all smoke and mirrors, but I'm glad to hear that you already have it written in that at a time it changes. So that's good. Yeah, I just... Wow, we're gonna have to wrap this up. How do I <laughs> One more question, man. You've been on for almost twenty minutes. I just looked down at the clock. What's Shoot, okay, my next question is: What do I have to do? What's the process that I have to do to set myself up correctly to go in and ask more time? What evidence do I need to provide? What do I need to do to expand my parenting time? You just need to the time you have now. You need to demonstrate that there's no problems. 
What, what you have to make sure of is that your, your ex doesn't turn around and come around, come back and say, well, on the days that, that, uh, that my ex has little Timmy, I keep changing names, sorry, but, uh, you know, he has a rash because the diaper's not being changed appropriately, or he's super hungry because he's not being fed or, or you gave him something they were allergic to. And, you know, they had a, a medical emergency or something. It's to basically demonstrate the time that you have that you're able to do it without issue and realize that more than likely, depending on how your ex is looking at it, they're going to try to demonstrate that, that you can't handle the time you have. You just have to demonstrate that you can. I mean, the flip side to it, evidence wise, I mean, if, if you turn, if you had something that she was doing wrong, I mean, on the flip side, yours would be, is she following the court order? Is she doing everything that she's supposed to do as it pertains to sharing information if it's written in there? If it's not written in there, then there's nothing that, you know, then she's not required to tell you diddly squat. That would be the thing is if you walked in and said, hey, look, you know, we've been doing this for six months, seven months, you know, what a year. Here's here's a laundry list of, of violations of the court order that she hasn't followed it. And it's a problem. And this is what I'm having to do as a result of it. That's where the evidence would would uh, go in your favor. Does that make sense? Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. It's just if and, and so to go back to what you're saying is to to prove that I can I can take care of my son. I've been doing just that. I mean, I log everything, take pictures of everything. Yep. The problem that I'm facing, the problem that I'm facing is she's claiming that every time the day after he leaves my home, he displays aggressive behavior and. And she even has a daycare provider that can testify to that if need be. And it, it just blows my mind because. Well, I mean, but the thing is on that. Find- yeah. But the thing on that is that that that's typical behavior. I mean, even with what you were talking about with your son being really sad to switch houses, that's that unfortunately is typical yeah. behavior, right? That's not indicative that, oh my God, the kid really wants to be with me more than mom or, or vice versa. But everyone gravitates towards that to try to say, you know, see, look, but I mean, it, this is incredibly stressful for a child. And, and the sad part, I mean, it's like, you just, unfortunately, because of these situations, we don't, we're not afforded the opportunity to do something different. We are stuck in this mode and we have to make, I mean, it's a crap situation and our children are going to be affected by it. We just have to do the best we can. I mean, that's not a great answer, but that is the answer. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So just, I mean, I continue to prove to my son that I can handle him. It continues yeah. to prove to the world that I can handle him. But she, we have zero, we have zero contact, zero contact. So she doesn't tell me about his behaviors or nothing like that, but right. she shows up to court and said, oh, he, he's, so, he's so aggressive after he stays with his father and showing you know, radical behavioral changes, this and that, blah, blah, blah. But I have no way of like proving that false because, I mean, she's got that daycare provider wrapped around her fingers. And I can sit there and say, you know what? I don't teach him violence. I don't let him watch anything that consists of any violence or anything right. like that. I mean, the child's too, of course not. But, I mean, that's her argument every time. And it's it's been like that. And then to go back to what you're saying about information, providing information, what's, what's strange to me is that every time we went to mediation or any time we went to co-parenting counseling and any time and every time we've been to in front of a judge, she's always made a point that, hey, I better tell her who I'm hanging around with who my roommates are, if I'm living with anybody, um, if I'm ex- introducing our son to anybody else. And that was part of the court order. But yet she showed up the other day with a new boyfriend and didn't tell me anything of who she's introducing her child to, our child to. And I don't know who this guy is and this and that, blah, blah, blah. But uh, yesterday morning I had to learn it. You know, there's this new guy, but yet in the court order, she requires me to tell Dude, tell if you put it in, I'm if you, here's the, pro- here, man, let me just stop for a second. If you sign the court order, and it says you're required to tell her that, and she is not required to tell you that, you're screwed. You're screwed. And there's nothing, if, if it's not, if it's not uh, reciprocated in that court order, there's nothing you can say about it. If it says in the court order that she has to tell you, well, then she made a, then she's, she's doing something wrong. But if you signed saying you have to tell her, if you decide to date somebody, then you, that's, what the, that's what you agreed to. Wow. Dude, I mean, I, you might want to try. I mean, honestly, you might want to look at a different attorney and then see what your options are. I'm sorry. You think dude. so? 
Yeah. I mean, if you've, but see, the problem is, is if you agree to all of it, you're kind of hosed, you know? I mean, so I would, you need to, you know, you need to have a conversation with your attorney and then you probably should get a second opinion and go to someone else, hopefully somebody that, that has been recommended and say, Hey, look, this is my situation. I'm thinking I made a mistake here. What are my options? And see what they say. But you, you, I mean, thank God. I'm, I'm not, I'm still on an uphill battle, ain't I? Yeah. Yeah. Once you sign that, you, you created and a whole bunch of extra problems for yourself. So, I mean, and I don't, dude, I'm not trying to rain on your parade or try to, try to whatever. I mean, this is your situation. You got to figure out what it is and then look at it and see what your best way forward is. So you, you need to have some conversations with your attorney and a new and, and probably get a, at least a, a look, a second opinion. And then maybe you can call back and give us an update on where you're at. All right. All right, buddy. You're breaking my heart guy, but I appreciate what you do. All right. Sorry, man. Oh my God. Okay. So guys, you have to read the damn order. You have, I mean, don't sign anything if you're not ready for it. Or if you sign it and you're like, okay, I'm hosed. I'm at, I'm at my wits end. I can't do anything else. And this is the best I can do. But if you sign something like what he was talking about, I mean, he's basically given all the power to the ex. He set himself up to, so if, so here's the, here's the messed up part is if he meets somebody and doesn't tell the ex in the timeline that's written out in the court order, that's technically a violation of a court order. The ex, I mean, not that the ex would do it, but the ex could go back and say, hey, on page three, section two, it says that you will tell me whenever you have a new girlfriend or if you're hanging around with new friends and you didn't do it and try to hold you in contempt of court. Yeah, a lone parent Iyer says, uh, the moral of the story is sign nothing unless you're 99.9% agreeable. You have not been uh, snookered collar, or you have been snookered collar. However, you can get out of this, be strong. It can be recoverable with a lot of work. Yeah, and, and okay, so the, the silver lining on this is, yes, you can change this, but it is going to take a lot more work. Man, I'm sorry, man. I, I feel bad for you. John says, caller, you are not alone. We've all been through it and some are still going through it. Hang in there. And yeah, that's, I mean, that's true. You know, I mean, it's, uh, see, the difference I had is I was hyper-focused on all of this and probably because of my profession, I deal with this type of crap not lawyer wise, but just from a, you know, my professional stuff. So I was more focused on it. And to be honest, when my attorney was trying to get me to agree to things, I'm like, no, I'm not going to agree to that. No, the absolutely not. And I would push back and I would fight and I would, would say, no, we're not doing that. We're doing something different. The only one I did concede on is there was one wording that they had put in, my attorney had put in the, the proposed court order that said uh, something along the lines of a loss of child support does not mean a loss of income for her to ask for uh, an adjustment in alimony. Basically, the short version was, is that as child support dropped off, she could not come back and ask for an increase in alimony. And uh, the attorney said, well, they don't agree to that. And I lost my fuck. I lost my mind. I was like, it, are, what? And I basically, I don't know if I agreed to that one. I mean, ultimately that poll was pulled out because he basically said, look, it, the way the, the statutes are here, it doesn't matter. We were trying to put it in there just to make it rock solid, but there's no precedence in California, in our area that someone has been able to go back after they lost child support and say, well, I was making, you know, $2,000 a month in child support and it's gone now. So now I need more alimony. You know, I need $2,000 in alimony increase. I'm just throwing numbers out there. So don't, I mean, that's just an um, arbitrary example. 
But I looked at everything. I was talking about that the other day. I was reading when they when the court order was finally done and it said in summer, I thought initially we were going to do two weeks at a time, two week blocks, and the court order or the proposed court order said one week. And I'm like, all right, I fine. I didn't want to give her any extra time anyways. I know she wanted it. Okay, I'll agree to that. I didn't go, I mean, I guess I could have said, hey, uh, you know, in our discussion, it wasn't one week, it was two weeks. I didn't do that. I'm like, well, okay. She didn't read it, which actually in retrospect, maybe I should have had them. Well, no, I'm trying to think because they did read the other part of it, but they didn't catch that. But then again, I didn't catch the holidays, the other holidays, the main holidays, Christmas, New Year's. No. Yeah. Well, Christmas, New Year's, uh, Thanksgiving, Halloween, 4th of July and spring break. Those were listed, but all the other holidays weren't listed. So I didn't get any of the first three-day weekends for like the first, God, what was it, four or five years until the calendar switched to where the the holidays started falling on my weekends. So, man, that was a tough call. You know, I mean, here's the thing, guys. Even if you do make a mistake, you are not it how am i trying to say this there's still ways out of it it just makes it harder right your best case your best scenario is to get everything up front that you possi- possibly can you know to try to get everything written out as much time as possible i mean if you have young kids and they're saying oh but they're so young then have it written in there saying okay you know when they start school this is what the schedule will be and put it in there. Now, probably your attorney's not going to want to do that because they would much rather you come back and pay them another retainer and go back to court to, to do that. If you can communicate, then you can go to a mediation and have, you know, just modify your, your thing or do a mediated or a stipulated agreement. But anyways, Oh my God, let me see what some of the comments are. I'm uh, kind of bummed at that one, though, to be honest. A lone parent IR says the term, the best interest of the child within the courts is wishy-washy terminology, and it helps one, no one, not even the child. Yeah, it's, it's super subjective. Because if someone says, well, the best, in, I mean, because someone can turn around and say, okay, well, one, per, one parent is toxic, but they have primary custody, so to for the best interest of the child, because it's stable and they don't have to see the conflict, we'll just agree and let the bad person, so to speak, have full custody and wipe the other person out. That's that's the problem is, is that if you can turn around and in the best uh, best interest doctrine, if that's your 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 methodology, then in a lot of way. OK, fine. How do you argue that? I mean, I, I'm not saying that's try to irritate anybody or, or have someone have a emotional flashback, but that is the reality. Oh, I like that. Marson says, do screenshots as, uh, do screenshots, or is this question, do screenshots count as evidence of the new supply interfering? It's been two years since she came into the picture. It's been a nightmare. Yeah. I mean, I, it, I double check with your attorney, but, um, I mean, if you have, evidence that shows patterns of behavior or toxic behavior, then yeah. I mean, you know, it's amazing how much people put on text. It's like, how in the, why in the world aren't people looking at it thinking a judge might see this and how is it going to make them look? I mean, not that you should be doing things for appearances, but oh my God. I mean, even if you are a narcissistic person and you live in illusions, you would think that they wouldn't do that. <laughs> and, and the sad part is, is sometimes a narcissistic toxic person will poke someone in, you know, boop, poke someone in an eye, hoping that they will lash out via text so they can do that screen capture and say, look, look at this. I just asked for, you know, their book, little, little Timmy's book, and this is what I have to deal with. Guys, be very careful when you hit send. Double check what you're saying.
Marston goes on to say, well, what if you have a judge that is pro-dad, but dad is the narcissistic abuser here who has the lawyer and looks good on paper? Well, here's the thing, and this goes back to what we were talking about before. It's all about perception and believability. If if you have a judge that's, that it, well, it doesn't matter. If you walk in and they're biased against you, then that means you have a, a more of an up, you know, uphill battle to make your point. You just have to focus in on patterns of behavior. I mean, the same thing that if you're in a situation where it's a pro-mom judge and they just assume that the mom should have the kids all the time and the mom is the narcissistic person, you have to focus on patterns of behavior. And the flip side to it is then what you need to do is you need to, if they rule against you, that you need them to do it in a way that you can appeal it because so that their decision is a is based on a misinterpretation of statute and law. That's the, if you and if you watch Alex's channel, I mean that's one of the key things he talks about quite often is getting a judge to make make a judgment on something that is appealable because they they didn't read the law correctly. Guys, you have to and, and again just because we think that our ex is toxic or we think that our ex is narcissistic, you can't just go in and say, well, my ex is narcissist, you know, is a narcissist and just expect everyone's going to go, oh my God, oh my God, the term has been used. This person has been painted with that picture and that is, that is what they are. Doesn't work. Most of the time it doesn't work that way. Most of the time it'll actually hurt you and they'll be like, oh, Okay. We're dealing with one of these type of people. So, yeah, I agree with Techmore. Techmore says, uh, that's why a rebuttal presumption of 50-50 is ideal. Yeah, I mean, that. I think the reason is, is because then you walk in, everyone has, you, you, everyone has equal access to the kids instead of this normal, like, well, I've decided that you are a bad person. And to protect my child, you don't get to see them. And now you're going to have to fight tooth and nail to try to crawl or claw any moment that you can possibly get. I know a lot of people are freaked out about 50-50, but, but the problem with, with toxic people is typically they'll use that as the bargaining chip. But, the rea- but here's the, guys, here's the reality of the pres- uh, rebuttable presumption of 50-50. What that means is if you walked in, if, if you decided tomorrow and everything's fine, you say, you know what? We're getting a divorce. I'm filing it tomorrow, or it's been filed. You've been served. Uh, then they don't have any time to to do anything. Then fifty fifty presumption of fifty uh, fifty would work. You flip that around, and that person plans on it, so that they start setting you up. They push your buttons. They get some domestic violence stuff in there. They get a pattern. So when they walk into court, they go, "Okay, rebuttable presumption of fifty fifty. What's the deal? Oh, well, he's been arrested, or they've been arrested three times." Uh, we have domestic violence issues, and here's evidence that you know they're uh, uh, they beat their children and and you know do whatever. Well, then you're screwed. So I mean, it, it, in a lot of ways, the only the only benefit would be like in my situation because everything happened so fast. It would have been fifty when I went in for that first hearing. It would have been fifty fifty. I'm like, all right, fine. You know, there's no real evidence. All it is is people throwing dirt against the wall, but there's no. There's no uh, pending cases or anything. The pro- but the problem is, is that, you know, maybe in my situation, the ex would have pushed it and would have called the cops and would have tried to say, oh, my God, I did something. And that's why the divorce has been filed, because this, you know, it's finally reached a bubbling point. You know, a lot of people think that this presumption of 50-50 is going to be the, uh, uh, oh, I'm almost out of time. So we'll continue this tomorrow. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Dang, I wasn't paying attention to the time. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out this Monday. I know the call was long, but I think it was some good information. I do want to say thank you to all the channel members who so graciously clicked the button and are supporters of the channel. They are scrolling on the screen right now. Thank you. You helped make all this happen. Have a good, a great rest of your day, and I'll see you guys here tomorrow. <laughs>